Morning prayer begins on page three of the prayer book. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Venite, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 7, on page 349. O Lord my God, in thee have I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me. Lest he devour my soul like a lion and tear it in pieces while there is none to help. O Lord my God, if I have done any such thing, or if there be any wickedness in my hand. If I have rewarded evil unto him that dealt friendly with me, yea, I have delivered him that without any cause is my enemy. Then let mine enemy persecute my soul and take me. Yea, let him tread my life down upon the earth and lay mine honor in the dust. Stand up, O Lord, in thy wrath, and lift up thyself. Because of the indignation of mine enemies, arise up for me in the judgment that thou hast commanded. So shall the congregation of the peoples come about thee. For their sakes, therefore, lift up thyself again. The Lord shall judge the peoples. Give sentence with me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the innocency that is in me. O let the wickedness of the ungodly come to an end, but guide thou the just. For the righteous God trieth the very hearts and reins. My help cometh of God, who preserveth them that are true of heart. God is a righteous judge, strong and patient, and God is provoked every day. If a man will not turn, he will wet his sword. He hath bent his bow and made it ready. He hath prepared for him the instruments of death. He ordained his arrows against the persecutors. Behold, the ungodly travaileth with iniquity, 
He hath conceived mischief and brought forth falsehood. He hath graven and digged up a pit, and has fallen himself into the destruction that he made for other. For his travail shall come upon his own head, and his wickedness shall fall on his own pate. I will give thanks unto the Lord according to his righteousness, and I will praise the name of the Lord Most High. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 14th chapter of the second book of Samuel. So Joab, the son of Zariah, perceived that the king's heart was concerned about Absalom. And Joab sent to Tekoa and brought from there a wise woman and said to her, Please pretend to be a mourner and put on mourning apparel. Do not anoint yourself with oil, but act like a woman who has been mourning a long time for the dead. Go to the king and speak to him in this manner. So Joab put the words in her mouth. And when the woman of Tekoa spoke to the king, she fell on her face to the ground and prostrated herself and said, Help, O king. Then the king said to her, What troubles you? And she answered, Indeed, I am a widow. My husband is dead. Now your maidservant had two sons, and the two fought with each other in the field. <clears throat> and there was no one to part them, but the one struck the other and killed him. And now the whole family has risen up against your maidservant. And they said, Deliver him who struck his brother, that we may execute him for the life of his brother whom he killed. And we will destroy the heir also. So they would extinguish my ember that is left and leave to my husband neither name nor remnant on the earth. Then the king said to the woman, Go to your house, and I will give orders concerning you. And the woman of Tekoa said to the king, My lord, O king, let the iniquity be on me and on my father's house, and the king and his throne be guiltless. So the king said, Whoever says anything to you, bring him to me, and he shall not touch you any more. Then she said, Please let the king remember the Lord your God, and do not permit the avenger of blood to destroy any more, lest they destroy my son. And he said, As the Lord lives, not one hair of your son shall fall to the ground. Therefore the woman said, Please let your maidservant speak another word to my lord the king. And he said, Say on. So the woman said, why then have you schemed such a thing against the people of God? For the king speaks this thing as one who is guilty, in that the king does not bring his banished one home again. For we will surely die and become like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Yet God does not take away a life, but he devises means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him. Now, therefore, I have come to speak of this thing to my lord, the king, because the people have made me afraid. And your maidservant said, I will now speak to the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his maidservant, for the king will hear and deliver his maidservant from the hand of the man who would destroy me and my son together from the inheritance of God. Your maidservant said, The word of my lord, the king, will now be comforting. For as the angel of God, so is my Lord the King in discerning good and evil, and may the Lord your God be with you. Then the king answered and said to the woman, Please do not hide from me anything that I ask you. And the woman said, Please let my Lord the King speak. <clears throat> 
So the king said, is the hand of Joab with you in all this? And the woman answered and said, as you live, my lord, the king, no one can turn to the right hand or to the left from anything that my lord, the king, has spoken. For your servant Joab commanded me, and he put all these words in the mouth of your maidservant. To bring about this change of affairs, your servant Joab had done this thing. But my Lord is wise, according to the wisdom of the angel of God, to know everything that is in the earth. And the king said to Joab, All right, I have granted this thing. Go, therefore, bring back the young man Absalom. Then Joab fell to the ground on his face and bowed himself and thanked the king. And Joab said, Today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my lord, O king, in that the king has fulfilled the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Geshur and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him return to his own house. Do not let him see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house, but did not see the king's face. Now in all Israel there was no one who was praised as much as Absalom for his good looks. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head there was no blemish in him. And when he cut the hair of his head at the end of every year, he cut it because it was heavy on him. When he cut it, he weighed the hair of his head and 200 shekels according to the king's standard. To Absalom were born three sons and one daughter whose name was Tamar. She was a woman of beautiful appearance. And Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem, but did not see the king's face. Therefore, Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but he would not come to him. And when he sent again the second time, he would not come. So he said to his servants, see, Joab's field is near mine, and he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom's house and said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Look, I sent to you, saying, Come here, so that I may send you to the king to say, Why have I come from Geshur? It would be better for me to be there still. Now therefore, let me see the king's face, but if there is iniquity in me, let him execute me. So Joab went to the king and told him, and when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king. Then the king kissed Absalom. Here ends the first lesson. Benedictus asks on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the second epistle to the Corinthians. Paul, an apostle 
of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in all Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or, if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us you also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. For we are not writing any other things to you than what you read or understand. Now I trust you will understand even to the end, as also you have understood us in part, that we are your boast as you also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence I intended to come to you before that you might have a second benefit, to pass by way of you to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you, and be helped by you on my way to Judea. Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh, that with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no? But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you I came no more to Corinth, not that we have dominion over your faith, but are fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. Here ends the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, 
and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high had visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service, grant, we beseech thee, that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life, that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises of the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, Defend us, thy humble servants, in all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
morning to all. Both of our lessons today speak of a certain uh, sort of character of, of, of the messiness of the human condition. Um, the, the situation with David and Absalom is something that prevails because of a lack of justice. There was, um, you know, the rape of, Am of Absalom's uh, sister that went un, um, unrequited. Uh, Amnon, uh, according to Torah justice, well, what Torah justice would have required was Amnon to marry Tamar, and it's not exactly clear what the what the consequence was supposed to be when you didn't do that. Absalom's avenging of his sister by killing his brother, um, and then David just kind of letting it all go, and it festers, and we, we kind of get just, it's not told us explicitly, but David, with this many wives and this many children running around Jerusalem would have, would have been uh, a soap opera scene from a different direction. And But what, what we get here that this sort of festers is this offense and then retribution and offense. And now, now we have Absalom having, having come back from exile, but not really being reconciled. David won't talk to him, uh, uh, even though he, to some degree, heart longed for him. And all this ambiguity is un uh, is unaddressed, and it it provides a little bit of a backdrop of, for a meditation of the New Testament reality of forgiveness. That if we look at our own lives, we all have these situations of personal grievance in family affairs where somebody did something, and what they did may have been a real thing, and it may have been unaddressed. But when we allow these things to fester, we um, develop bitterness, um, a vengefulness, and we become to be controlled by that thing rather than by our relationship with God. We, we act in reaction to all the people who've done things to us rather than in, in relationship to God. And I think this is um, the backdrop or you know, part of the backdrop for Jesus' command that we forgive one another, you know, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, because when we forgive and let go of our need for personal vengeance, um, that we allow we we cut the tie from that thing controlling us, and so it's going it's going to fester here until we have rebellion and the overthrow of rebellion, and it's um, it the story is just going to highlight how human affairs go when there's not the grace of God in the middle of it. When we get to the New Testament. We're starting a new epistle here, Second Corinthians. The Corinthians correspondence is notoriously messy and hard to piece together, um, historically pieced together in terms of how many times St. Paul went to Corinth, what's the relationship of 1 Corinthians to 2 Corinthians. There, Most people or scholars believe there's another a letter to the Corinthians, a difficult letter uh, that he um that we lost. So there's two epistles and some other things and clear disciplinary issues have arisen. Um, Corinth is a cosmopolitan town where there was sort of incestuous thing we encountered first Corinthians. And, um, but the, the backdrop of second Corinthians has to do with, um, we'll, we'll get this by the end of the letter, but that there are um, what St. Paul will call false apostles who've infiltrated the Corinthian church and undermined Paul's authority. And so Paul, in trying to deal with this church, is always dealing with 
factions that oppose that oppose him personally, uh, immorality that creeps up, um, various issues that just pertain to the messiness of life. Sometimes people, you know, they'll read the Old Testament and say, "Why, well, you know, that was so messy back then that we just love the, the the pure love of Jesus in the New Testament." But the pure love of Jesus in the New Testament is worked out in these messy communities, uh, and the epistles make that abundantly clear. And I think what's notable for 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 us to understand in terms of ministry is that the way Paul deals with the messiness is to always try to respond to it righteously, that when he finds wrongdoing, he tries to address it justly, remove the offender from the congregation so that he might repent and then he can be reconciled. And and his second Corinthians is full of what we call a certain pathos, that is uh, an intense emotionality, this concern for these people who sometimes aren't so kind to him, but he never becomes, um, unrighteous in his own response. He he says in today's uh, reading that he approached him with simplicity and godly sincerity. And we should note again here that this thing that recurs in, in virtually every uh, epistle of Paul, reference to the day of, of the Lord. That That's always what's in St. Paul's view is his behavior is not going to be reactive to people who do things to him I'm going to get back at those people in Corinth who don't support me when I'm not there. But he's always behaving in such a way that when our Lord comes and judges, he can be declared to be righteous. And also, this is the nature of his ministry. And we should say all of our ministries, to the extent that we want to represent Christ and be present for others, is that we're called to respond to the unrighteousness of the world around us in as much as we can with righteousness. When somebody does something nasty to us, we must learn to forgive. That doesn't mean we won't say, hey, that that isn't what you should do. Righteous behavior does not preclude righteous, uh, unrighteous behavior doesn't preclude unrighteous or uh, uh, confrontation of the wrong, but it, it means that we have to confront in a right way, not angrily, which we often do. We often say we're just you know, doing the right thing, but we're really mad. And so in interacting with the Corinthians as an apostle, as a representative of Christ, anointed, as he says, with the day of Christ in view, that is his ministry, that, that, that he, he witnesses to Christ in their midst. And that is our ministry in our own um, interactions with the messiness of life as we uh, act righteously in our various circumstances, we are a witness to something other than the world, which is full of bitterness and vengefulness. And that is it. And we won't always get what we want out of it, won't always be neat and clean. But that's the point is to be witnesses for Christ until the day when Christ comes and the true nature of everything is revealed and all uh, behavior is, is justly recompensed on that day. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. We'll continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men. Thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and to govern by thy good spirit, for all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth. 
and hold the faith and unity of spirit and the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Gather the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace for our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good with you all today. Hope you all get a day off from your labor on Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, really. Peace. Amen. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Scott. Bye, everybody.